Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And uh, we're going to get to Mark's day in Concord today because, well, you... Got a little active today, Mark. Went out and did the political thing. Uh, we'll get into your details because, honestly, I haven't heard anything about it yet, and I'm curious. Uh, but first, I want to share something uh, about technology that is uh, developing rapidly. And it's an exciting one. It's one we've talked about here on this program. Uh, we expected to see some developments in this area over the next two to five years, and it's looking like it's going to be happening a lot sooner rather than later. I'm talking about the ability to stream video live to the Internet and record it to the Internet from your cell phone. Uh, we know that the technology has been available now for you know about a year or maybe a little bit longer than that, but it's been in the upper echelons of the phones. You've had to have phones that are several hundred dollars, usually at least $400. Uh, and, of course, there's also – there was at one time – and a, a streaming charge as well from the, the website that was offering the streaming service. However, that has all begun to change already. Somebody sent me an email over the, uh, during the overnight and pointed me back to quick.com, Q-I-K, quick.com, Q-I-K.com, which is the website we've given out before as kind of the, the leading provider of streaming services for uh, video cell phones. And... When we first talked about Quick, which was sometime back in 2008, they only were able to stream through a handful of Nokia cell phones. Uh Um, So, I mean, obviously this is a a free plug for these guys. They're not an advertiser of this show, but I think that what they're offering here is such a valuable service, you need to know about it. Uh, Looks like they've dramatically increased the amount of phones that are compatible with their system. In addition, as I recall, Quick was not a free service before. Uh, Quick was a per-gigabyte streamed service. They would charge you per data for the amount of data that you were using they would charge you for um now apparently it's free so it's People like free on the internet yeah, they that's do for like sure. free and the phone selection has dramatically increased uh they've got the iphone they've got the blackberry they've got like every single nokia motorola trio samsung uh, palm trio 800 and the pro so they're really starting on uh, sony ericsson sprint phones t-mobile so they're really starting to expand out on the uh, the number of options that they have and, and that's that's where we are right here in february of 2009 uh they say they're working diligently to expand their options to expand their uh, the choices so i'd say that by the end of the year not only are you going to see quick uh offering far more phones than they're currently offering which is already far more than they've been offering, but you'll also probably see more providers jumping in. We know that Stickam, our video streaming provider from the studio, is now offering a streaming option on their website, and, and they, like Quick, were starting with the Nokia phone, so I imagine they will also be expanding out as well, unless they've got some sort of exclusive deal with Nokia. Uh, so, this is great news, because the service is getting cheaper, as we predicted that it would, and it's expanding out to many, many more phones than it has ever been, so pretty cool stuff. The, yeah, the, the value in that is is that uh, when you... When you're dealing with uh, law enforcement or bureaucracy, often what they'll do is they'll confiscate your uh, camera. Right. They don't like it when the the evidence gets out. For instance, in this most recent uh, situation where the gentleman got shot at the uh, BART station in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. shot in the back, essentially... It like I hate to use the term executed, but it it looked like an execution. He's been charged with murder. 
it, it's hard to say what happened, right? Like, but the guy stood over him and shot two-handed right in the guy's back. Bam! Boom. Luckily, we were able to see that happen because right. of the three people that managed they to went, escape with their they cell phones. They went around co- confiscating phones. Why? Yes. To protect and serve the public? I think Mm-mm. not. I think it was to protect and serve the men in blue. Yep. Unfortunately, we have, you know, we have a class of of people that are superior to us, and they are the law enforcement. And you will do what they say, or they'll shoot you. And if they'll try to cover up all the evidence that they possibly can, so this makes it impossible for them to cover it up. This makes it. You can't. You can't take my phone because I've just uploaded this to the internet. They can take the phone. Wave to your mom now, (laughs) (laughs) suckers. Yeah. Just you know. So that that gives it's a it's a certain level of power that uh, you give. It's a balance. Person. It's returning uh, some level of ba- uh, balance to the power. I mean, obviously, they still have the guns and the the aura of legitimacy, uh, but at least this will allow us to record their depredations and get them immediately out to the Internet uh, to where they cannot interfere because they don't have your username and password, so they can't get in and uh, mess with your account. Good news. Anyway, yep. QIK.com is their website. Stickam also offering these streaming services. And I'm ex- now I'm really excited about my next cell phone. Normally, I don't care about what cell phone I'm going to get. I'll just get the cheapy brand cell phone. Mark, you're showing off your uh, your trio. Is that a trio? That's the trio. Centro. Yeah. But, oh, okay. I don't think that's on the list yet. Uh, but it's, it, they, they have a tendency to fool with the numbers, so I'd have to check it out. Just make sure. Normally, I'm not too excited about my next cell phone. Normally, it's just, uh, give me whatever the freebie is and... You know, each each uh, generation, each new generation of phones, of course, keeps getting better. So every time I get a new phone, it, it's always better than the last one. Sure, but, you know how good phones were three years ago. Yeah, um, but now you have one. Now it's as good as one was the, made three years ago. Now I am really jazzed up about <laughs> getting my next cell phone. Like I want to go out and get one sooner rather than later because of this. This is pretty cool. So I just thought I'd share that with you since uh, I know a number of our listeners are interested in having yeah. that. It's essentially an insurance policy uh, for your freedom. Having a phone like that uh, handy is is very useful. All right, so we continue here. We're going to get to Mark's story in a bit, but we've got to go to your phone calls first because that's what the show's about. We'll start with Hollis in Missouri. Hollis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's Uh, on your mind tonight? Well, my mom works for the local library bureaucracy, and Mm -hmm. there's a, uh, I guess, in this new Obama stimulus thing, they tried to sneak in this little thing saying that all minors would not be allowed to read books from the libraries. Huh? Oh, I think you're a little confused about that. I, I'm, I don't think that what you're referring to is actually the, the bailout package. I think what you're referring to is the toy regulations that they're passing that will require all products that are marketed to children under the age of 12 to be tested for lead poisoning, or lead rather, and also some other test as well is mandated to be run on them for for your children's safety, of course. Uh, I believe that's what you're referring to. Oh, yeah, because my mom said the reason was because books might might have lead in them or something. So that's yes. probably what it is. So essentially what the um, what I from what I understand of the story, and there's so much to this Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act, as it's being called, uh, there's so much to it, we couldn't possibly have covered it all. But the, what you're pointing out here is the librarians have been complaining about this, and they may write in an exemption for the librarians, you know, because they're the part of the state, so they'll probably be <laughs> exempted from this. But essentially the librarians are saying, hey, uh, these new regulations are going to require us to test every single book we have on our shelves because none of these things have been tested before and they're going to be in the hands of children either we test every single book on the shelves or we no longer allow children into uh into the library or at least the kids section Which they just to goes test. to show how little thought has been put into this stupid stupid law in the first place yeah it's it's really crazy and i thank you for bringing that up any thoughts for us 
Oh, no, that's it. Thanks, Hollis, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. In fact, I've been holding on to a, a story about this toy regulation business. It's just awful what they're doing. It's it's really going to hit the small toy manufacturers the hardest. Oh, yeah. It's going to put them out of business. That's all there is yep. to it. They say it, and it's true. They're just going to go out of business if this passes. So I've got Shut that their doors, and that's it. I've got that story tonight. We continue with your calls. Jeremy in Montana, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy? Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, sorry for cussing on the show last week. That's all right. We're, we're over it. Go ahead, Jeremy. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, I was wanting to talk about that uh, lady that lost her poor dog to a, a oh. microchip implant of her dog, you know. I haven't heard about this. What happened? Well, the dog bled to death when they put the microchip in the dog. Oh, no. Who, who yeah. put it in? Uh, some 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 uh, veterinarian or whatever, but uh, it's just uh, really horrible, you know. And Catherine Olbrick, she lives where you live. You guys probably know her, and she. Had I don't a big think she trip. lives in New Hampshire. I didn't know that. Is that? Have you heard that? Yeah, she yeah. may. I, okay. I don't. I don't know who the woman is. She's the lady behind the spine chips book. Oh yeah. That's yeah, funny too so because she, you said oh, the yeah, other she, night you didn't know does. who she was. Yeah, yeah. She, I think she does. I keep not knowing who <laughs> she is. Sure. <laughs> you know, and that just uh, made me. Uh, I wanted to mention that to you guys. You know, and so they. Just, so what do you think happened there? I mean, did they inject the dog with the the microchip and accidentally sever a, a vein or something like that? A, sever. Uh, a, you know what happened? I don't know either. Thanks, Jeremy, for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Nobody likes a dead dog, though. I'll tell you mm-hmm. that. You can bring up whatever you want here. Your call's coming up about anything. 800-259-9231. Plus, we'll uh, check in and see what Mark did today. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up what you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're completely free, including the shrine of female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. Completely free. That's shrine. .freetalklive.com Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com, myself included, for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create your will or living trust, even register a trademark. Empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com, that's LegalZoom.com. If you haven't gone and made your will yet, you need to do it. There's people that love you, that are counting on you, that you need to give your money to, because if you don't, even if it's a little bit the government's going to take it. It's going to be tied up for years in court. Go make your will. Make it now at LegalZoom.com. You can save uh, 10% by, or $10, excuse me, by using code FTO with your order, LegalZoom.com. And we continue with your phone calls and go to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with you, Nick and Mark. Yeah, I just wanted to point out the bill uh, to lower the New Hampshire drinking age is coming up for a hearing and the Committee on Local and Regulated Revenues. And for part of, the, part of what you like to do on your show is tell people all about how wonderful it is to come to New Hampshire. I want to point out that in New Hampshire, any bill that gets introduced in the legislature gets a hearing, and anybody can go there and speak up for a few minutes for or against that bill. And yeah, in up. fact, Mark did uh, did some of that today, and he's going to be telling us about it here in a little bit. Uh, any points you wanted to make about lowering the drinking age? Well, uh, the bill it's coming up Thursday morning at 10 a.m. 
uh, as a legislative office. Well, we don't, so, we don't need all the details because obviously we have an international audience, but anything relevant uh, yeah. to them? Uh, yeah, well, uh, what they do is they impose this unjust law. It's, it's better when you, when you argue this point to speak to, about the victims in the singular, okay? It's like they have no right to impose this on an innocent person rather than on innocent people because innocent people hits the moron audience as, what are you talking about? They're not innocent people. They drive drunk. You know, the statistics show that they drive drunk. But then when you say an innocent person, the statistics on that person, that person's got a lifetime clean driving record. So so now you individualize it. You say they, they don't have a right to impose this on somebody who didn't commit that crime right. instead of... Uh, and, of course, when they bust up underage drinking parties, the beer falls into the hands of cops. And uh, like last 4th of July 2007, Hudson police officer Brandon Canada was driving around drunk and uh, hit 19-year-old Ashley Hansbury and sent her and her mother to the hospital. Nice. Okay, th- that's what they're doing when they're not drunk busy arresting cop. 19-year-old women. We uh, keep alcohol out of the hands of these police officers. No doubt about it. Thanks, Tom, for the call. 800. I mean, can you imagine making a sweeping generalization like that? How <laughs> stupid it is to say, well, cops can't, we, these cops cannot be trusted to have alcohol. However, that's what they're doing when they say that Teenagers people under can. the age uh, age of 21 can't yeah. have alcohol. It's they nonsense. do it in other countries just fine. Let me tell you, when I was in high school, and I didn't go to a lot of these high school uh, drinking parties, but but I did go to a few of them, and it was my experience that young people were well aware of the fact that drinking and driving is a bad idea, and they did uh, have designated drivers and things like that. So the, the whole suggestion that, that may be true in my in my generation, at least in my experiences, that I drove drunk and a lot of my friends drove drunk. I wasn't told by my parents about drunk driving. I simply wasn't. I mm. wasn't educated by them. Probably because it was illegal for them to educate me about alcohol. Yeah. Good points. All right, so we'll see what happens with that. I think it'd be awesome if New Hampshire were to go ahead and pass something like that. However, it would mean they'd probably have to turn down a significant amount of federal funding for the highway department. I think it's said at 10%. 10% of? Of, of the federal highway money that comes to the state would be withheld. 10%. Oh, they I do it by a percentage of the highway fund design. This year it's uh, 3.4 or 3.7 billion or million dollars. Right, and they they do withhold a cert. I think it's six percent already because New Hampshire doesn't have a seatbelt law yet. There, there's right. That that's what they were doing today. They were trying to uh, push the seatbelt law yet again. We'll get to some of the details on that here. But of course, if they're getting three point something million dollars from the feds, it's going to be very difficult uh, to to tell those bureaucrats that they can't have that money anymore. Those bureaucrats are going to fight uh, to the death almost for that funding. So we will see what happens. They'll lie, cheat, and steal for new funding uh, oh, right sh- now. I've you know, listened to it today. Yeah, well, we'll get to that here. And I'm sure the lies will be coming out, and the, they'll just be painting, as as Tom was suggesting, they'll just be painting all teenagers with the same brush and calling them all irresponsible. And it's, it's of course, awful. I think that there should be no minimum age to drink. I, th- or I think that everybody should be able to drink if that's what they want to do, if that's what they their parents are okay with if they're young people and they're in their parents home should be up to the parents uh, to make that decision and i think that's an appropriate way for people for young people to learn how to handle alcohol and how to be responsible uh, yep. responsible about it is with mom and dad's help uh, i think we should handle it like ostriches and stick our heads in the sand and uh, you know just assume you can that, pretend it's yeah, not happening that, that yeah. young people are never going to learn. If, if i don't teach my child about alcohol they'll never learn about alcohol they'll never have any of the trouble that alcohol comes with come on well people. how could they it's illegal they can't get their hands on alcohol absolutely we we got to make alcohol illegal for young people to get it's nonsense. 
you all got everybody listening to, within the sound of my voice. Ninety something percent of you drank alcohol before the age of twenty one. You bet. I mean, who better to educate people on alcohol consumption? Most Americans drink. Ninety-something percent have drank at mm-hmm. some point or another. These are easy statistics to figure out. Who better to teach them than people that love them? You know, uh, let me tell you, Mark, I could so really abuse those lessons. irresponsible kids. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's who I learned it from was my buddies, and they did not teach me well. Let me tell you, I really could have used some responsibility lessons in the realm of drinking from people that actually cared about me. I'm sure me. your buddies were nice people and everything. Uh, yeah, what, sure, uh, sure. I mean, when was the last time you talked to these guys? Never. I mean, not, not, not never, but a long time. Is it, is it possible time. that they don't love you? It's possible. I don't know who they are anymore. They're right. different people today. These are the people that educated you on how to consume alcohol. Yeah. I mean, get your head out of the sand, people. Totally this is number. so important. Yep. It's something that everybody does, and you're telling your kids that they can't learn about it. Everybody does Everybody it. else's kids. Right. I mean, it's one thing if you ruin your kid's life. It's another thing to go out and ruin mine. Get your damn laws out of my kid's life. <laughs> You're riled up tonight. I, I like this. I am so this. pissed at these politicians tonight. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, everybody has Go to your state capital and, and participate in the political process if you really want to lose hope. Isn't the hypocrisy amazing, though? I mean, everybody does, do, everybody has to do it. I mean, at least most people have drunk, uh, drank alcohol at some point in their lives. Uh, and many of them have uh, drank uh, have drank it. I, I feel like I'm messing the English up here, but anyway, many of them have partaken, <laughs> have consumed, have consumed alcohol. They just, have partaken. Just use quaff. <laughs> They've quaffed the alcohol in <laughs> uh, an underage uh, factor or in an underage uh, time in their lives. And then they what? They grow up uh, to become big responsible adults, and they tell themselves that their kids won't do the same things that they did. It's really just crazy. I mean, I don't want Jack to make the same mistakes I've made in life. I really don't. And I've made a whole bunch of them, so there's a lot for me not to want him to to make. But to assume that somehow I can keep his life, you know, lily pure and that he's Mm. never going to consume any kind of mind-altering substance, oh, my God. I mean, I I, could be straight edge, Mark. He could be nailed to the edge. When I was looking for a wife... I I would not I'm not looking for a wife. When I was looking for women to date, I wouldn't Russian even brides. date com. one that didn't drink. Because who needs that kind of stick in the butt kind of individual? Oh my gosh, yeah. So I want that for my kid. Toll free number here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. How do you feel about reducing the drinking age? Anybody out there uh, concerned? You think it's going to cause problems? Toll free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us, including live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up, and webcam version of the show, all available free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Again, that is Listen. .freetalklive.com and join us for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum coming up in about a month's time. It's the first weekend in March from the 5th 
through the 8th in Nashua, New Hampshire, at the beautiful Crown Plaza Hotel. It's going to be the biggest and best liberty-oriented convention you've probably ever attended uh, because there are going to be huge names there. People like Glenn Jacobs, you might know him as WWE's Kane, Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land, Mary Ruard uh, from Healing Our World, and Richard Heller from the Heller vs. DC gun case. Uh, many more to be, uh, I, I think there are at least a handful more to be announced, and there's a whole list of speakers I'm not going to have time to go through over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. But it's not just about seeing the big names. It's about meeting the activists that are on the ground here in New Hampshire. Hundreds of people have already moved here for the Free State Project, which is a movement of thousands of liberty-loving activists here to New Hampshire so we can achieve liberty in our lifetimes. Hundreds have moved, and hundreds more are going to be moving soon. So all of these people, many of them, are going to be at the Liberty Forum, hanging out, networking, socializing, having dinners, lunches, after-hours parties, panel discussions, of course, speeches. It's a great time. And we're going to be broadcasting live from the entire thing. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get signed up, get more information, and use our discount code to save 10%. That's 2009FTL, 2009FTL. Go get signed up now while the hotel rooms are still available at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We continue with your phone calls, and we'll talk to Alex in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alex. Hello. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Hey, I just thought I'd tell you guys about a story I had yesterday. Sure. Um, I was in my psych class at college, and I'm in a psych class with a few education majors, and the comment came up about homeschooling, and one of them commented how they were taught that homeschooling is bad. And I mentioned not trying to even start an argument as this is the second class we had, and I figured causing trouble about politics now wouldn't be the best idea. Mm-hmm. Point out that now with the Internet, people can socialize. And it's much easier to get a hold of others because their main argument was kids won't be able to socialize without public schools. That was the first. That, that was always my uh, feeling, too, is that somehow, uh, you know, when I was against homeschooling, and I've, I've been against every issue that, uh, we, bring our, yeah, that we bring. <laughs> well, not at, at different times, because yeah. I don't have a problem trying out ideas and, and then, you know, seeing how they work for me. Um, but when I was against homeschooling, I guess I was against it from that reason, you know, that they didn't, uh, well, they didn't get pushed down and kicked in the hallways and spit in their face or whatever what it is. What about prom? Yeah, what right. about the prom? <laughs> um, right. Well, there's, uh, the prom. I guess you cannot really uh, imitate that in the, in the world. In, they have homeschool proms. I, I know they do, but you don't have that. You don't have that kind of clawing for who's uh, in the queen's court kind of thing. Like it really matters in high school for these, uh, you know, the the, gir- the girls. As, as far as I'm concerned, that's good news. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would concur that you don't, you don't have to, to deal with that same kind of, oh, well, we came in a better limo than you did. Nah, 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 you know, the the homeschool movement is so well connected these days. I mean, they've got their, uh, they, they've got local groups that they meet up with. They go on field trips together. Uh, they get together for, for different discussions, and they get together yeah. for social events and sporting things. And, and really, they've, they've really got it all, I think, pretty much taken care of. Yeah, and what I thought was interesting was after I made almost that exact same comment to her, she was like, well, they won't get as good of a curriculum because when they're homeschooled, they don't get the to know the things that they're supposed to know. And I said, well, who says they're supposed to know the things you guys teach? Someone mm-hmm. just randomly made a curriculum with all the facts that I need to know. And it's not like, and her original thought was I went, I was homeschooled, but I never was homeschooled. I went to a public school in a pretty crappy area that had bad public schools, but I turned out fine, but I also know that it's what the individual makes of it, and if parents take the time to teach their kids properly, 
I think they could teach a much better than public schools. Tell All right. Them. What about the opportunity cost? I mean, it's easy to look at yourself and say, well, I'm a product of uh, government schools and I'm okay. Well, how much well, better could you have been had you been in a more uh, productive environment? And this dullard that you were talking to, this just goes to show how the, uh, the, the democratic process works. It's adversarial in the sense that she went to whatever school she went to. She feels that that's the right way. So you should do it the way that she says because she's right. Now, this... Mupron, um, this 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 lady who believes that somehow she knows better how all the world, the kids of the United States of America should be educated, simply because she went through it the way she went through it, and then you're advocating for homeschooling. She assumes that you must have been a homeschooler. You came from the same place she did. Exactly, and like you said, so much of what I've learned now has actually been after I got out of public schools when I learned what I was actually interested in, what I actually wanted to know, or what I actually should know, and I learned it myself. Me too. I mean, yeah, I learned some reading and writing and whatever you're saying school. must be a lie because you didn't learn. You learn it in the public school. Oh, clearly. <laughs> so, did the conversation end up going anywhere else? Um, no, it pretty much just went where I made three new education major friends by basically saying their jobs aren't really needed. Ah, that's good. I detect sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> Hey, thanks for the call, dude. I appreciate the story. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is the, uh, you know, it's this hubris, this attitude that these government school promoters have that translates into regulations for homeschoolers because they believe that, number one, homeschooling is dangerous. And one of the reasons why it's dangerous is not because that the kids aren't being taught uh, certain facts, but because the kids aren't being inculcated with lust and love for government control over others and that the idea that government can solve the world's problems, which is, of course, what they'll get out of a government school education. So these people that hate homeschooling lobby to control the homeschoolers. They understand that they're out there, and it bothers them. It bothers them uh, that, that, for instance, Christians are able to indoctrinate their children in the way they want to without right. having the state's They don't want you to uh, be able to teach your kids what you want to teach your kids. They right. simply do not want that. So they'll step if, in with regulations you know, and mandates. This is the funny thing. If you went to school for uh, lawyering, well... Then and when I need a lawyer, I'll come get a lawyer. If you went to school for engineering, if I need engineering, I'll come to get an engineer. But if you go to school for education, you must take our product or you will go to jail and have your ch- children take it away. I mean, what kind of a crappy, crappy way is that to run a business? It's crazy. Let's continue with Jay in Wisconsin. Jay, you are on Free Talk Live. How you doing? Jay, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, I, I'm calling for some, uh, not legal advice, uh, a defense advice. I got a ticket today for um, snow and ice removal off my sidewalk. Oh, wow. Do what? Yeah. Um, it, the court date is actually when I'm going to be out of town. So they're saying on this uh, citation here, it says that you can uh, mail in your um, your plea. So I was thinking of obviously mailing in a plea of not guilty because mm-hmm. while the sidewalk is not totally cleared, um, there is enough of a walkway there for, I would think, any reasonably sized person to walk through. What are the, um, uh, what are the, is it a state thing or a local ordinance? I think it's a local ordinance. I was trying to find it online and I couldn't find it. So they, what, they, they pave the uh, ground out in front of your house and then tell you that you've got to maintain it? Essentially, yes. That's crazy. It, 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 I didn't pave that. But it, Why it should I maintain it? it? It is an ordinance in this state, in most cities in this state, that you have to keep the sidewalks clean. Which state are you winter. referring to? 
Wisconsin? Uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I knew that, and I think around the time the ticket was issued was that weekend when we had the really cold sub-zero temperatures. And I'm not going out um, and getting frostbite so somebody can waddle down the sidewalk in their Packer jackets. So, um, so what are you planning on me, doing here? Well, I'm probably going to plead not guilty and, and basically try to. Uh, I'm going to f- try to fight it and not pay. Prepare yourself I, for jail, my friend. Well, you know, I may go to court, and you know, if the court rules, uh, you know, you're guilty, so you're going to have to pay uh, forty dollars. Um, no, it may be more than that. Well, actually, the the ticket, the amount of the ticket is seventy seven fifty. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure with there's court costs, I'm sure that I'd have to pay probably I'm going to court. Yep, probably. So I'm already paying. But, but the, the part that gets me is I'm already paying to have a court system via taxes. They don't care taxes. about that. <laughs> they don't want. They don't want to hear your justifications. Look, I love what you're doing. I hope that you. Uh, I hope that you are successful, and I hope you'll let us know what happens. Uh, and if you don't pay, you've got my endorsement. I don't know if it's going to save you from jail, though. Good luck, dude. Thank you. More on the way. It's free talk live. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. If you dial toll-free at 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. You can order in dozens of categories, get free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of items. Plus, you can even order used items through Amazon. Because they're just awesome like that. And we'll get a percentage if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We continue with your phone calls, and we go to Alex in New Jersey. He's on the amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I'm uh, attempting to listen to your show and enjoy it because uh, my dad took away my laptop because he doesn't like what FTL has to say. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on now. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Did your dad take away your laptop, or did he take away his laptop that he'd allowed you to use? It is my laptop. It was given to me by a member of Johnson & Johnson Incorporated. So, you know, it's not his property at all. Oh, my goodness. And well, the person who gave it to me, the system administrator who gave it to me, said that I could use it for whatever I deemed, you know, you know, applicable. So that's, you know, it's okay with him that I do it, and it's his laptop. So, so what, predica- what, uh, what happened to cause this in your dad? I mean, what was it that led up to this? Well, he was um, already very uh, angry with me for not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance, and the school threatened to expel me. Really? So, yeah, uh, we had a a meeting with the superintendent, and uh, she was asking, she was an ex-nun, you know, and uh, she was asking me whether I was an uh, anarchist, whether I was an atheist, when I was baptized, and I put her in her place. I said, look, that's totally irrelevant, and I'm not going to discuss that with you any further. Good for you. That's what led, that's what led up to it. But um, you know, so, before you go on with your story, I'm shocked by this. I I didn't realize it had gotten that bad out there that that young people were being threatened with expulsion. That's removal from the school if they didn't stand up for the pledge of allegiance. Usually, that was right, kind of overlooked. Or the my parents at, were very upset. My parents are very upset because, you know, they said that all my grandparents would want is to see me walk down the aisle and graduate with my class because they they raised me, too, and they took care of me when I was young. So they were very upset for that reason. And you're a senior? Are you a senior this year, Alex? Yes, I am. Okay. Go ahead with your thoughts. 
So uh, now I'm downstairs in the murky, cold uh, laundry room where it's uh, humid and just I, I, I feel like I'm getting sick from being down there It's because that's, that's where my desktop is. And uh, I just... It's, so it's hold horrible. on. You're allowed to use the desktop computer but not the laptop computer. Right. And the desktop computer I paid for with my own money. So It doesn't make sense know. to me. Why wouldn't he uh, restrict you from that one too? What's the point? I don't know. Maybe he was emotionally charged. Maybe, you know, like I don't it. know what he was thinking. I mean, because but, you could um, have made, he could have made the argument, and this is a good argument. My parents used this one on me, and I couldn't say anything to them. Uh, because when I, was, when I was younger and they wanted to punish me, they would take away, my, or they would threaten to take away my video games, and, or my video game system. And I would tell them, well, wait a minute, you can't do that. That's my video game system. I used my money that I earned to purchase it. And then they pointed out that it's their house and their power bill. So they right. had me on that one. So, but your dad's not doing that. He's not being logical about it because if so, he could then pull the the AC cord from your uh, your computer or whatever, or just pull the cables. You wouldn't be able to use it. But obviously, he wants to punish you only for the laptop, which is very confusing to me. Right, because I, you know, I would lay in bed and I would, you know, go on uh, Rockwell and I do all of this other stuff, and then he would come in the room to get something out of my closet. And he would hear you guys talking about stuff, and he would just be absolutely disgusted mm, he, uh, at what you have to say. And I don't, I don't argue with him anymore. I don't, uh, I don't talk to him about it anymore because yep. Why there's bother? no way to reason with him. So I just kind of keep to myself. That's all you really but, can do. Uh, I mean, once you've gotten to the point where you understand that you've tried every method of persuasion that you possibly can with people that you care about, and they're still rejecting the ideas of freedom, it's time to move on. It's time to, to find the next could, prospect. Perhaps you could tell him, um, Alex, where you are emotionally about it right now. You know, don't share with him what he's doing. Like, you know, he's stomping around like a tyrant. He's doing this. He's doing that. Or anything like that. Just sort of tell him where you are. Like, today, here's where I am, Dad. I'm at the point where I don't – I'm not going to stand for the pledge because of, you know, like, I, this is what I believe in, in my heart. I don't – I'm not going to stand for the pledge. I don't mind getting expelled. I won't graduate uh, in the way that uh, you know you want me to graduate and walk the way you want me to walk. I'm not going to go where you want me to go to school. I'm going to move to the Free State Project when I turn 18. And like that's where I am today from like the way you're being about this parenting thing. Here's how you can get what you want, which is for him to, you know, for you to walk down the aisle and for you to do whatever it is that, you know, a, a couple, you, you, you throw him a few things that uh, you'd be willing to do in exchange for what you'd be willing to get out of those things. And that way he can, you can use, instead of, uh, you know, just putting up walls between them, you can use, uh, you know, persuasion to get what you want and what he wants. Sure. Well, there's, there's a bit of dissonance in the house. Because um, he, he was yelling at me um, because he said I was ungrateful, and I'm sure many parents for tens of thousands of years has told their children that they're ungrateful. Yes. So it's it's nothing new to me. But um, I told him, do not feel entitled to college. I do not have a sense of entitlement. It's his money and it's his decision, and I respect whatever decision he made or would make. And um, he said, uh, if I want to act like a jackass, if I want to, you know, act that way, then I'll, he won't pay for college. And he said, that's it. So I'm thinking, even if I do go to college, I want to do like a biomed engineering or something like that. Mm -hmm. Even if I do, go, the economy is so bad, I'm not, I might not be able to get a job out right outside of college, and it would just be a, a 14-year debt that I would have to the bank. Well, the know? fact is, mo so. many, many college graduates do not get jobs in their specified area of expertise. That's just right, the reality and, of the situation. 
think economically it's not feasible to go to college right now. So what are and, you willing you know, to do? I mean, Mark was suggesting a little uh, little make a deal with Dad. Are you willing to stand up for the pledge in order to uh, get something in return for, from him, or do you think he's not well, even? Well, happened at, during the um, the meeting that we had at the Board of Ed building, right? Um, with the superintendent over this. I mean, this they, they're taking this really seriously. Right. Um, we made an agreement to um, that I wouldn't do anything for the rest of the year, and they would not expel me. Because they said that the reason why we're having this meeting is because it's a culmination of things, you know, with the uh, military men T-shirt in school and all this other civil disobedience. It's very taxing on our discipline system, and we can't have this because that's right, Alex. You almost single-handedly destroyed. By the way, people, (laughs) you you almost single-handedly destroyed their entire school system all by your lonesome. I wonder. I wonder if just on the county level or almost or the whole state. She went on to say that, um, you know, she would not stand for it anymore. Um, I explained how I was a voluntarist and how if I want people to have freedom in their lives, you know, et cetera, et cetera, I went on that spiel. And um, what she said was that there are a lot of broken lines in my thinking and I, that I should see the school psychologist. You need some re-education, Alex. That's what you need. Yeah. And I said, to, I said to her, you know, I think that you're telling me I need to see a psychologist because my views are so vastly different from your views. Pretty much, and yeah. That's said, what. Oh, no, that's, that's a definition, the by the way, of crazy. Right. I mean, so who gets to make the determination who's crazy? You know. I, sorry. Um, the the fact is that <laughs> that's the problem with the determination of crazy is, in fact, it's somebody in authority that gets to make it. Mm. And they believe that if you don't respect authority, that you're crazy. They Absolutely. really do believe that. So, so essentially, you are going to bow down. You are going to stand for the pledge, and they, in return, will not expel you from the government education or the government indoctrination system. Well, what happened is um, part of the agreement. I didn't sign any contracts, and I was very happy with that. But part of the verbal agreement was that um, I didn't have to stand for the pledge. They wouldn't require me to do it, and the only reason is because my uh, dad brought up the ACLU, and their lawyers had contacted me. And they contacted my father, and my father was willing to stick up for me. And I thought that was very nice. Sure. But um, as, soon as, as soon as he pulled out the ACLU thing, she was um, crapping bricks. I'll tell you right now. And she said, oh, I'm not afraid of them. So, uh, you know, they, uh, they, can, they, um, they allowed me to not stand for the pledge. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's okay. I really it, – there's – I don't think that it, I, it's worth the stress anymore to have to deal with this, you know? Yeah. Well, it is February of, you know, this year you are a senior and you're on you're on the end of your run here, so you don't have too much longer to go. Right. I'm thinking if I move to New Hampshire, I'll probably uh, go to school to be a paramedic, do something along those lines. Cool. Sounds Alex. good. That's useful. Plenty of work doing that. Very good, Alex. Thanks for the call tonight, and uh, let us know how things develop in the remainder of your term your prison term at the government indoctrination camps. Thanks, dude. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, if you have a student like that in a in a private school situation, mm-hmm. it's like it would be an entirely different scenario. In a private school, they can tell you what you can wear, and it's uh, it, it's no big deal from, from our standpoint. From and the, you have a little sway as a customer. From the standpoint of property rights, yeah, as a prop, as a customer, you can say, okay, well, I'm not coming back here anymore, right. and I'm not going to pay my tuition. I'm going to the other private school across the street, and they decide whether or not they want you. In a public school, they force you to pay, and then they tell you how to dress. Screw that. Yep, and if you don't like it, well, we're going to kick you out of our school and then make your record look awful. 
So 800-259-9231. Sorry to hear about all of that strife, but hey, if you love liberty, that's no one ever said it would be an easy road. No, they didn't. All right, Hour 2's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. The toll-free number for you to bring up what you want is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. It's all completely free at freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls, and then still to come, uh, Mark, you're going to have to tell us about your day. You're all dressed up here, wearing a tie, uh, so we'll find out what you did today. But first, we go to Ryan in Virginia. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, Ryan, uh, what's on your mind tonight? First off, hey, hello? Hey, what's on your mind? Go ahead. Uh, I was wanted to first off say I, I had heard the Saturday show, and you guys kept using decriminalization and legalization as if they were synonyms. And well, there's I a lot of disagreement take, out there. You don't there. think they're synonyms? I think they are, personally. There's there's a lot of disagreement. What is? How would you discern the two? Go ahead. Okay, the way I feel about it is that people use the word decriminalization when they mean um, reducing simple possession to a finable offense, As, and yeah, so there would be no jail time. I think and that legalization. That's, that, that's, yeah? a, that's a partial um, definition. Of I want to hear yeah. the rest. Go ahead. Okay, and uh, I would think legalization is allowing the sale. Okay, you know, well, I would say that there are different fun. levels of decriminalization. While uh, while it is true that reducing a penalty from jail time to a $100 fine is a decriminalization of marijuana, it is also a decriminalization if you reduce it from no uh, from some penalty to no penalty, to where it is effectively just another product in the marketplace. Now, you could call that legalization as well, I believe, but some would also say that legalization means that you would take the next step, that instead of just decriminalizing it fully to the point where it's just another product, an unregulated product in the marketplace, many would suggest that the term legalization actually connotates that some sort of governmental uh, regulatory structure will be put into place in order to control that particular product, in order to control marijuana. So they would say that's what legalization means. So there's actually quite a bit of disagreement, I think, in the activist community as to which terms are appropriate to use. I, I think you're probably right about that. I just, uh, it, it, I caught it and I'm like, oh, it, it bugged me a little. There you go. But um, on, this, on uh, the same topic, I, uh, I run camera on a, a, like a local public affairs show cool. sometimes. And today, in the, the vice mayor of Norfolk, Virginia, on a uh, show about African Americans and their, uh, their you know, cultural issues and things of that nature, Talking about murders that have been committed against athletes in the community and actually had the, the intestinal fortitude to mention that the people who are killing them might be crack babies and thus completely unable to control their actions. What? So he was suggesting that crack babies, people who were in their mother's womb while mom was smoking crack, are now not able to control their actions and therefore going and murdering black athletes in the Virginia area? 
He absolutely said that. And wow, it that's blew quite a theory. My freaking mind! It yeah. did. And I almost jumped up from behind the camera to like yell at him, but I'm, I'm a professional. So isn't it, isn't there no evidence basically that crack babies have any any more problems than any other babies? No, I think they have developmental problems, but I don't think it causes you to murder people. From what I've heard on the subject, it's a lot like fetal alcohol syndrome or something like that. They're just sickly they have you know developmental problems i've physically. heard that's just a bunch of scare stories really i've uh, heard that it's nonsense i i don't know about crack in particular i know you know obviously alcohol has some effect on the development of a fetus it's it's my understanding that the crack baby thing was one of those scary stories they told about during the crack e- epidemic to freak people out and that it's, i'm not recommending you smoke crack while you have a while you're pregnant but i'm just saying that i don't think it's what they made it out to be that's what I heard as well, and it just it bothered me a lot that this uh, you know a, a prominent member of the African American community had had uh, you know was promulgating what might or might not be myths, but were scare stories that essentially have led to to putting a whole lot of young black men in prison. Now, are you guys having a real problem with athletes being killed in the in Virginia? I wasn't aware of it, but apparently there have been six in the last year. That's interesting. Um, in, in one city. Um, some, some theories about it are that it's gang-related. Uh, that's um, what I would guess. Yeah. That's so what I would I, guess. I'm I mean, odds sure. are good. Those... I, I, don't have good I don't have good data on it. There's a good chance. I'm going to speculate here, of course, because I have no ties to your area. I don't know what exactly the story is there. But I do know that a lot of athletes are interested in using performance-enhancing drugs or just drugs, period, just to get high. And there's certainly a chance they could be tied into some sort of gang activity in order to attain those products. Uh, and that could result in a lot of bad blood between people. Or maybe it's just that they uh, were pissed because they won their little uh, their football game. Who knows? Thanks uh, for the call, yeah, Ryan. Nobody, nobody yes, sir. Oh, thanks. All right, see you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we go to Jack in California. Jack, you are on the air on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Hey, what's um, on your mind tonight? Well, two things. First of all, um, I, w- I want to consider myself an anti-American because I, hmm. I think America is, is, is democracy and the republic and everything. And the problem with democracy and the republic is every idiot gets a vote. Um JP, I guess, was the guy who was talking on the same subject as the last caller, who called and started this whole drug thing. He wanted to execute drug dealers. and Oh, yeah, this is a guy in the Saturday show, yeah. Right. And, and first of all, it's guys like him who are the reason that slavery existed in the first place, because he got to vote. But <laughs> slavery, you can't become a slave by your own free will. And people who take drugs, even if they become a slave to the drug, the very first time they took it, they chose to do it. So... They're not a slave. People who were real slaves were slaves because of the force of the gun. Yep, not, that's true. You know, not because of, they were addicted to something. So I, I'm kind of insulted like, by that. I bet and you I'm, are. It's pretty insulting. Yeah, it, was, it, yeah, it is pretty insulting. Like, and like you said, I'm one of those people who did drugs. I still do marijuana. Um, but I, I've done crystal meth. I've done cocaine. And I quit. It, it didn't. It wasn't. I wasn't a slave to it. How did you? Quit? Yeah, how did you quit? What? What was it that led you to that point? Um, I, with the crystal mess, I quit because it, it was. I guess I was an enabler, or whoever I was with was an enabler. But whenever we were together, we would do it. Mm. But now that she and I are no longer together, I have not done it since, you know, in the two years have been broken up. Never, I haven't done, touched it. You know, one of the lessons I learned early on in my adult life is that the people you associate with will bring you up or bring you down, all depending. And I, I've seen it so many times. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in the lives of my friends. And it really is important who you decide to hang out with because it makes a difference in you. 
Yeah, and I have all my teeth, you know. I didn't rob anybody. I went to work every day, came home. Or actually, before I went to work, I used to go to work gone high, and no one could tell the difference. So, I mean, I'm a functioning, I was a functioning meth head, and I'm still a functioning pothead. You know, I go to, I go to work high all the time, and no one can tell, and I get my job done. Um, so uh, people need to relax. But uh, like yeah. the last caller was saying, though, about the athletes in Virginia getting all shot up and killed and how that he, he was appalled or kind of shocked that that guy, a prominent member in the black community, would say something like that. Well, don't get me wrong. Most blacks are also just as shocked as he is that a guy would say something like that. It's akin to saying that Rush Limbaugh is a, is a prominent leader in the white community. Like, no one listens to Rush Limbaugh, and we don't listen to crack, uh, crack excuse me, no pun intended, but crackheads like that guy. Yeah. You know, we don't listen to those people. Most black people are like, whatever. Yeah, but it's, so, it's so, a funny thing to say, but we, you know, we, we've, we've brought this black man in to speak for all the black people. Uh, isn't right. That, <laughs> it, it's the craziest <laughs> damn thing. And, and, and here's our white guy to speak for the white people. And, and here we have a little crippled Chinese lady. Uh, what? What? No one speaks for me but me, and yep. I'm tired of, of people assuming that because, well, that guy's black and you're black, he must be speaking for you. Hell no. And, you know, <laughs> they really don't do that very much with other minorities. You don't see them no, trotting in a Vietnamese person or a Hasidic Jew to yeah. speak for the, the that those areas of, of, of those minority areas. They don't see it. But you will hear terminology like prominent black leader or, uh, you know, black minister, you know, all, all these ter- this terminology well, in order now, to represent let's be black fair. people. Let's be fair. They do use the term leader for politicians of all sorts, and so many politicians deign to speak for the entire population in their den- in their given geographic area, which is uh, even like, more ludicrous. And like uh, the last caller said, though, he was like this guy was speaking, and his exact words were prominent member of the African American community. Rush Limbaugh is a prominent member of white community. No one thinks he's speaking for all white Americans. Yeah, everyone is, you know, but. There's some association between me and this crazy guy in South Carolina, you know, because <laughs> we're black. No. Brilliant no, observations I, tonight. It. Thank you for them. I really appreciate it, Jack. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up here in moments, Mark, you're going to share with us what you did today. You went out and did it the... It better be exciting as much as we, you teased it. The uh, poli- Well, I haven't heard it yet, so it's still exciting to me. You're all dressed up. You went up to uh, the state house today for the seatbelt legislation that they're trying to push through yet again and it sounded like you were a little disillusioned when you got here tonight so i want to find out how that went for you mark engaging in the political process how'd it go we'll find out it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. All right. Your calls are what the show is about. And, by the way, I want to invite you to AdamEve.com. They've got a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. That's AdamEve.com. So, Mark, you went out to Concord, New Hampshire today to engage in some political activism. 
And uh, this particular variety was in regards to the seatbelt legislation, which is a, a bill that comes up every year in New Hampshire. Every seems. other year, right? Every other year. I think, I that's, the, I think that's all they can they do. They have to wait every, every two years I, to do it? Um, I, I, it's yeah, that's my belief. It's come up once before, so it's certainly possible it was two years ago. But uh, so they, they, of course, for those that don't know, New Hampshire is the only one of the fifty states that does not have a mandatory seatbelt uh, piece of legislation for adults. It does for I think children under twelve or something under like that. 18, under eighteen, under eighteen, under twelve. Really? Yep. If you're a minor, you have to wear a seatbelt. Yep. So, so, uh, so they're now trying to expand that out to adults. And how'd it go today, Mark? Give us the story. What? Uh, give us well, a scoop. Uh, you know, I consider it an important piece of legislation for the for the Free State Project in general. Um, you mean to defeat? To, to defeat, yeah. right? A piece of legislation for us to um, to defeat, because one of the things that uh, differentiates New Hampshire from the other states is the fact that you don't have to wear a seatbelt. Um, it's it's a big, one of those immediate things that you notice as soon as you come here if you're crossing the border from Vermont to Massachusetts. It's a big distinction, and I so that's the reason I go. Uh, you know, do I wear my seatbelt uh, most of the time? If I'm going over 40 miles an hour, I try to wear my seatbelt. I um, did I in Florida? Yeah, most sometimes. You know, when I felt like it. I, I you know, it's never really been a a thing for me. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter to me personally whether the seatbelt law gets passed, but I went today with the intention of, you know, trying to 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 do the right free stater thing. To hold the line. You're right. Absolutely. And I went with uh, uh Sam from the Obscure Truth Network and we mm-hmm. both went up there and uh you know, he he did some filming and he spoke and I spoke. Really? Okay. And they trotted, you know, there, there, all kinds of people were there. What was the been, turnout like? I, mean, I heard it was really busy the last time. Was it was it really, pretty full. There were, I heard they um, had to move to a new a new room because there were so many people there. In this case, uh, they moved from the large room into the smaller room because it had to be uh, you know, switched over. They wanted to get rid of people. They they didn't want you to, They said multiple times, please keep it down to two minutes or something like that. And So they moved know. it to the smaller room to try to exclude people that were interested? They moved it to the smaller room because they had uh, you know, had to give up the bigger room, supposedly. But it it uh, had the result of excluding people that could not fit into the room, right? It was yes, people could not okay. fit into the room. Now, would okay. So, what would you say the ratio was between bureaucrats who are obviously lobbying for this legislation and goody goos, uh, goody goodies, and and looky loos that sort of thing to two to one uh, to people that are actually in favor of freedom. Two to one. So more bureaucrats than freedom no. lovers. More freedom lovers than bureaucrats. Than bureaucrats. Okay. But um, and it's not just bureaucrats. But there were people on that side. You know, like it, it, they they got several of them up there. Somebody who's been injured, and uh-huh. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my seatbelt. Or I've been injured because I didn't have my seatbelt on, and we need this law. So right. They, Healthcare costs will be lower if we have seatbelt mandates, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And you know, all and these the police people just want to do it for safety, right? Right. Of course. And you know, they trotted out all the same old stuff, and you know. Did anybody mention how revenues might be affected by this? Like they'll get more money? Did that even be? Oh, was that even brought up? They, they, they mentioned okay. the three point not not revenues. They mentioned the three point seven million dollars on a regular basis. You That's know. the money from the feds. But I meant yes. for the tickets that they no, were giving out. No, they did not mention the tickets. Is this pro- uh, pro- uh, proposed as a primary offense yes. in that you could be pulled over for Correct. it? Correct. Okay. And that was one of the excuses that they uh, used as to why this was a better bill um, because it was a primary offense. Because last time it wasn't. I don't know. I see. Uh, but but you get the, the statistics out of Massachusetts, because Massachusetts uh, compliance is, uh, is statistically one percentage point higher than New Hampshire's. Yeah. And they have a secondary law rather than a primary law. So there, so that number doesn't count. Doesn't count. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. So you can't use that. Sorry. It, whatever 
kind of nonsense. It, like it matters, secondary or primary. So they're saying, just in case somebody didn't catch that, what you're saying is that the compliance level means the amount of people that are wearing seatbelts in Massachusetts is 1% higher than the amount of people. I believe it's 67 and 68%. Yeah, yes. so essentially, they're saying, essentially the reality of the situation is the law in Massachusetts doesn't make a hill of beans worth the difference yep. as far as how many people wear their seatbelts. So, um, I, you know, I sat through a whole bunch of people, both for and against, and they... How long did this drone on for? I mean, hours. what are we talking about here? Three when, did, hours. when did it start? When did it end? Um, I believe it started at 1 o'clock, and I believe we arrived back here at uh, 5, so there's probably... We left there... So about three hours then? Yeah, three, three and a half hours for it. Oh, that's um, grueling. Yeah, it's it's rough. It really is, and that's the way you spend. I was I, sh- I should have been providing money, to, uh, you know, working to provide money for my family today, but I had to go out and defend my right not to wear a seatbelt yeah. against. And it's every two years one of these people brings it up. I would have liked to have been. I mean, you know that yesterday I was out at the court trial for Mike Barsky, one of the super activists here in New Hampshire, where a couple of other activists ended up getting arrested. We talked in detail about it last night. I would have loved to have spent my day working on free talk live related stuff, but I ended up, have, you know, I had to go out and defend freedom and stand up for one of our uh, activist friends in court and you know when you're going out to court and you know when you're going to the uh, the legislative legislative building you've got to knock off an entire day i mean yep. you pretty much have to just plan to just kill an entire day it's and it, it's it's grueling and it's really just unfair as hell i don't want to have to defend my freedom against you people please go away and they don't you know they do their they're going to do their thing and you've got to go out there and fight and if you don't well you must think it's okay for us to have a primary seatbelt law mm-hmm. that's that's right that's if you don't raise a big stink then you're okay with and whatever even, we do to you and, and uh, let me tell you about some big stinks one guy came in with like covered in chains and ropes and uh you know, uh all kinds of stuff um, and said, "This is what you people are doing to me." Like you made some kind of big to do about how he's 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 bound by the chains of the state or something. And I don't know who wow. it was. I don't think he was a free state. I don't know what he was. He it's was quite a visual. He, he was he was quite a thespian. And I find it, I found it very uncomfortable to watch him. Um, I just why. Didn't, I found him because he he was like it, it was too, was to me it was out of place. Yeah, okay. it was weird and out of place. But. He was trying to make an, a, a, an effect for these people to look. This is how it is for me. Yeah. And people, you know, they don't care. They looked away. They were yeah. whatever. And, and um, there was another gentleman who came up, and I swear his eloquence was that was was as good as Patrick Henry's. And yeah, there's one politician who's fallen asleep and his mouth's open. And uh, they know, get up and they leave and they yeah. go and get their lunch and they, they come they, back. They come back, you know, they're eating things, chatting right. with each other, just ignoring this guy. Yeah. Who cares about you, you petty little citizen? They've and made up their minds. Is, absolutely. That's how I felt. So when I sat, when I went up and I, I went to do my little speech, I, uh, I, I stated my name and I stated where I was from and I said, and this seems to be important to them um, because they all go in there with their, their stuff on. And I said, I'm a firefighter and I'm a seatbelt wearer. And I explained to them that, uh, you know, that if this was about safety, then this bill would incl- uh, include a mandatory um, helmet provision and a fireproof Kevlar <laughs> suit uh, addendum. We need a roll cage, too. Right. Well, they they, they, they would claim the cars have those, um, that they oh, already okay. have a cage. But, you know, if, if it was about safety, that's what it would be about. And I said, in order to keep my dog safe, I don't let her run around in the woods because I'm afraid a bear might eat her. Because I love her, and I want the best for her. And... If she does something that I don't like, I reprimand her. Now, well, that's we love what, you, Mark, and we're going to make you wear that's a That's what you guys are doing to me. You're treating me like my dog. I can tell you a lot about my dog. Is she's not? Um, she might be well fed. She might be well taken care of. 
she's not free. That dog's not free to do what you want of what I what she wants to do. You can give me the rest of the I'm story. I'm not your dog. In a moment here, 800-259-9231, and you can bring up what you want. Should seatbelts be mandatory? This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features include the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bds.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. You know that email is not secure, but hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Well, wrong. Introducing privacyharbor.com, an easy-to-use, secure email alternative. Guaranteed. Sign up for a free account today at privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. Privacyharbor.com. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. You feel like seatbelts should be mandatory? Is it actually about safety, or is it about generating revenue for the state? I mean, if you look at the numbers, we're talking about New Hampshire, of course, the only state in the country uh, that does not require adults to wear seatbelts. The numbers say that New Hampshire has one percentage less compliance with wearing seatbelts than a neighboring police state Massachusetts does. So it's not about getting people to be safe. It's about it being able to extract money from the 71 percent, excuse me, the 31 percent of uh, New Hampshireites that won't that will probably continue to not wear their seatbelts if it is made illegal. And there was a hearing today at the the state house about this. Of course, liberty lovers uh, turned out uh, in mass and outnumbered the amount of bureaucrats and uh, and statists that were that were turning out in in favor of this piece of legislation. And Mark, you were one of the people that were there and you were speaking against the proposed uh, the proposal to force adults to wear seatbelts, and you were. Pointing out that you um, you're giving an example of about your dog, and you're right. saying you you control your dog. That, that them um, that you know the way they treat the citizenry is the way I treat my dog. Yeah. I love her. I want to see her protected. She's not free. She can't do what she wants. But she so, has a good life. She does have a good life. She's safe. Thanks. And so will you, citizen, when you obey. If you want to be safe, you can be safe. But. You're not free um, when you give when you don't give anybody these choices. So I, you know, I tried to make I tried to make that point, and I think that I did, made it rather eloquently. Uh, I was at least complimented on it later. Um, and the last thing I d- did was after I'd made you know the point about the dog, you know, and I I kind of looked around and saw eh, I kind of have some of these people's attention. I kind of don't. And I said, you know, I know that I drove from um, Keene today for an hour and a half. In order to talk to you guys for nothing. I know that you guys don't have made up your mind and you don't care what I've got to say because you've heard it all before. You've well, heard the, sti- right, you've heard right, the statistics. Um, you've heard the, the, you know, the, the safety argument. The, you've heard the, the, the human side of this. You've heard it all. I understand. I get it. However, I'm going to tell you something new, something you haven't heard before in this whole argument. And everybody get, begins to perk up a little mm. bit. I wear my seatbelt today. I wear it now because I choose to. If you um, vote in what they call ought to pass, um, OTP, if you vote ought to pass on this and it gets a majority of ought to pass in this uh, committee, I refuse to wear my seatbelt anymore. 
Really? I'm so not stop. even if it's even if it gets rejected at the full house level, you're going to stop wearing your seatbelt. I think it's the Senate this is going through. Okay, I don't know. I don't know how this all, I, all, all I, of it you know, works. I may choose to forgive the uh, committee, uh, or you know, change change my opinion um, on. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do because it's going to be a little weird trying to explain to people two years from now. And I don't wear my seatbelt because the committee voted. You know, like it's a little weird. If it did, yeah. if it if it gets shot down in the house, like I might change my mind on it. But that's what I said. And but if it passes, if it goes all the way through, for sure, you're going to bail out on wearing a seatbelt. You're going to protest. You're no, gonna... no, I'm going to bail out if it because of the committee starting right. now. Right. Um, or you know, whenever it goes, I don't know what it's been voted on. I honestly have no idea. I. I Called and trying to find out. I don't know when they vote, or I don't know anything. I'm about sure this Dennis stuff. from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance will keep us in the loop here. But uh, but interesting. So you're saying that essentially you're going to engage in civil disobedience if this goes all the way through. Right. And what I failed to say to these people, um, which I probably should have, but I think that it was kind of uh, you know, let, let me know what you think about it. What I and it seems like you agree that like you understand what I was saying, but I don't know whether they did. I'm not going to pay their fine either. Oh yeah, that's true. I said, civil disobedience. I said I'm going. Um, you know, I'm going to be. You know, you're going to put me in jail for this. Um, you're going to separate me from my kid Good and my you. family. Now that's the new thing. That's the thing that's different here. That's the harm you're going to cause with yeah. this new bill. Wow, that was really powerful. Thanks. Do you have any questions? <laughs> Did they? No, of course they don't have any questions. They could care less what I've got to say. Please. Wow. So, you know, what would be interesting if they actually do go through with this would be to have some sort of mass civil disobedience where a bunch of people uh, get together at a parking lot or something and they'll drive to the police station and just drive around the police parking lot or something at a certain time and nobody wears their seatbelts. Yeah. And I don't I, see the the police are really left in the lurch on this one. Um, I know many of them. There were a couple of them there that uh, would like to have seen the, the bill go through. And many of them really care passionately about it one way or the other. Um, but they're really left in the lurch. I mean, what do they do? Well, they'll enforce the law, and they'll collect money. If they money. feel like it at the time. They'll do their revenue agent job, as they're supposed to. In, in this case, this is the politicians that need to feel the sting of this one, not the police officers. How would you do that? How would you get the politicians to feel the sting? I don't know. I don't You'd either. have to get them unelected. Well, kicked out of office in the next election. That's really what they care about. I mean, New Hampshire, it's a citizen legislature, legislature, so they're only making, I think, $200 every two years. They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they either like participating in the political they process. They want to wield power. Well, some, some of, the, of them. There's, there's also at least several reps I'm aware of who go there to try to keep the state off people's backs mm-hmm. in general. So either they want to wield power or they want to prevent other people from wielding power. But they're doing it because they like being a state representative. And that's what you need to take away from them. If you can't do that, you don't have a whole lot of leverage. I mean, you re- I really don't think you do. Didn't this bill go through the committee last time? It was stopped by a hair's breadth uh, the, the last time. I thought it went to a full vote and failed. I thought it went through the committee and then failed at the full vote. You know, it, it's hard to remember that there's so, there been, yeah. have been so as, many important as bits recall, of legislation. It was killed in the Senate by a narrow margin. Right. That, that was my recollection, too. So it actually too. passed the House? It went through, from House committee through the House um, and then had to go through the Senate committee and then was stopped by a couple of votes in the Senate that, that were really people that could have gone either way. And that's the reason I went. I didn't go for these committee members that had made up their mind. I ended up talking to the woman who sponsored the bill, not through my choice, but through the choice of the person next to me, um, whom I said, you know, I don't even bother talking to her. You know, there's nothing you're going to yeah. say to her that's going to convince her of anything. She's and just she's, a nanny status. And then she said, uh, you know, to me, well, nothing's gonna, you're not going to say anything to convince you either. And I said, you're right. You're not. 
And she said, well, you don't have the right to put your family and child in danger. You're putting me in danger by throwing me in a jail cell. <laughs> right. We'd be fine. Thank you very much. But, you know, this is how this is how mom thinks. And, yeah. mom, you know, she's got three kids, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And she took very good care of them, I'm sure. And she and, and they probably were raised to wear their seatbelts, I'm sure. And so now she's, you know, now that they've flown the coop, she's got other people to mom. It's That's sad. all she wants to do. I forgot to ask her when she moved here from Massachusetts, though. Ooh, Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So know, if you want to get involved what, in this here's stuff, here's what uh, what yeah. I find disillusioning about it. Now I'm not saying that this isn't important, and I would, and I probably will go. You do it again. It, I, I probably will go again when this comes up. There's two bills. I might go to the marijuana to thing. I don't know. Yeah. The marijuana there's, thing was today. You missed it. There's a medical marijuana thing. And some what that was today. The, this, this was uh, full marijuana decrim. Oh okay. Um, I didn't even know about that one. Well, yeah, it was a crappy one. Uh, I don't think that there is a medical marijuana one. I believe there is. Okay. But go ahead with your thoughts. anyway. Um, I think it's important, and I would go and continue to go, but the the part that's disillusioning is I did this two years ago. Yep, and you'll I, do it again. It's and in again. My, it's in my very, very recent memory, and I just hate how they can pull the strings and make you do yep. it again and make you do it again and make you do it again. How many years have they been dancing this damn seatbelt thing around? It's, it is a pain, but on the upside, it had it not been for people going to Concord, I'm pretty sure the seatbelt law would – it may not have passed, but I, my feeling is that without activists getting out there and pushing the senators to vote against it, it I think it would have passed. And we oh, would have sure had the seatbelt law for two years now. Oh, already, there's no so. doubt about that. I mean, there was the horse regulation that they were looking on putting through where they were going to charge a $25 registration fee for horses. And the horse owners came out in mass against they really it. really did. And they scared the crap out of the uh, the senators or whatever, the reps. And they, Even they the one who sponsored it. <laughs> yeah, they killed that thing really quickly. So there is some real, there's something good to say about all these activists going out and doing this. And the Free State Project is making this more possible here. And it's and it's really helping. And you can get involved in this. You go to freestateproject.org. If you really dig the political scene, there's a lot of, you can have a lot more of an effect as one person in the political scene in New Hampshire than you, than you can anywhere else. More coming up. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number. Brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live. Become an amplifier for three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, around the world, bringing more internet listeners on board and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. If you think that's valuable and you want to help us out, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're talking about something that Mark did today. He went and engaged in political activism, which I believe is the most ineffective way to achieve change uh, in our world. However, it does appear to have some level of effectiveness here in New Hampshire that's uh, a greater level of effectiveness than it does anywhere else. I mean, Mark, can you imagine having to drive to Tallahassee uh, in order to go and get uh, get active back in Florida? I mean, you've never done anything like that where you come from. No, so. I, I never I never have, and I never would. Tallahassee is yeah. a five-hour drive as opposed to... There, there isn't a, I don't think there is a five-hour drive um, in New Hampshire, and you know they, the the reps represent a much smaller area. They're much more likely to listen, yeah. and and you know it's just and we've got the activists here. We've got the Free State Project here in New Hampshire, encouraging thousands of people to move here, and it makes a difference being around like-minded liberty people. However, you know I I still find it disc, you know sort of. Uh, 
disempowering, going in there, talking to a bunch of representatives that could really care less what my opinion are. Yeah. Now, I, they're just going through the motions. There might be a few of them in there that, uh, that you can sway, and I tried very hard to do that. I know I got their attention when I said, I'm going to tell you something new, something you've never heard before. I got their attention when I went in on the drug thing, when they were doing the marijuana decrim bill, and I went in as a representative of New Hampshire Organized Crime and told them, uh, I was just effectively acting, I was putting on a little uh, little skit, basically, and uh, essentially I told them, hey guys, you know, you've, you've voted uh, these things down in the past, and we've really appreciated that. Uh, New Hampshire Organized Crime would like to encourage you to continue to vote, uh, you know, to say, just say no to this legislation, because it will, if you vote yes on this decrim, it will take our profits from us. I mean, essentially pointing out that the New Hampshire Organized Criminals would really appreciate them continuing to vote it down and they they paid attention and they noticed and they they thought that was a, that it was amusing and it seemed like some of them really got what it was i was doing but they voted it uh, they voted in favor of there it, was one like against that, it anyway rather. one like that today i believe the gentleman's name is bill um and a free state project member who came in and uh knee pads and uh, a fire retardant jacket and a helmet and uh you know a little breathing mask and you know just to, to prove that the, the safety nuts really want this mm-hmm. we need this this we must have this because the people of uh, new hampshire are not smart enough to take care of themselves, <laughs> you know. So he made the point, and then um, you know, some you made a seatbelt salute at the end. And <laughs> I don't know. Like I think some of them were turned off. But I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't care. Who knows? You know what? Uh, the first time I went in there, somebody had a problem with uh, how I did things, and I just don't care. I'll make my points, and that's that. If I'm going to go to one of these things, I'm going to take it from the perspective that I think it should be approached from. See, I, and I don't think that uh, good points are necessarily mitigated or stomped out by bad points. Like, for instance, I found the guy wrapped up in chains and ropes to be very disconcerting. I couldn't even look at him. I did not like, you know, the, the way he was yelling and rambling and, and, and stomping <laughs> around. I just I couldn't handle him. <laughs> I'm not sure that that has anything to do with, uh, you know, the other gentleman who got up and, uh, you know, spoke eloquently and, and, you know, did a great job or spoke from the heart to people that's, you know, whatever. I'm not sure that that had, that any one had anything to do with the others. I don't know. I'm not sitting in those reps places. I, you know, I would, I would allow a person to not, um, you know, wear a seatbelt if, if that's what they chose. I just don't know what it's like to sit up there for them. I, I'm too far removed from it. Let's so get I, back to what you're saying about being disconcerted. Oh, I'm, I'm disillusioned. Disillusioned. Um, by having to go there, having to deal with these people on a regular basis. What Two years ago when I went up there for the seatbelt thing and we just scraped by uh, a hair's breadth, and maybe that's, maybe that's part of the disillusionment with us all, um, you know, the, the, the being uh, defeated. Is and I don't know that we are defeated. I have no idea. But uh, you know, it, 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 I thought that was it. I thought in two years the Free State Project will have done it. Mm. We'll have enough people here that there's no way that they can't uh, that they could you know stop this. And I think that there were def- there were definitely people more people here um, this That's time good. than there were last time. It's just a guess. I don't really remember things yeah, like who's that. Who's counting? I've been to so many of these darn things. Um, I, I, but I you're pr- right. I mean, there's no criti- myself to a year. The critical mass certainly has not happened, and it has to do with the political system and the fact that there really aren't that many people here. I mean, the, the reality is only a few hundred people have moved here for the Free State Project at this point. Now, the activists that have moved here are really super activists. They've set up great uh, networking organizations like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, and they're doing wonderful civil disobedience, but not, there's not a, a real critical mass quite yet. Yeah, there are a few hundred activists, but they're scattered across the state, and when you've got an, a- when an, ev- you've got an event like this, only so many people can, sh- can show up at 1 o'clock in the afternoon for something like that on a weekday. So, 
there's only so many people of the movers that are going to show up, which is why we the fact is we just meet, need more numbers. I mean, more numbers is going to solve this disillusionment that you're yeah. talking about here. And it ties into something I was saying yesterday when I was out at the courthouse and we were there for, uh, for Mike Barsky, one of the activists who's been attacked by the state here. It, there were only maybe eight or ten people that came out. I mean, I would have loved to have seen 40, That's but it's... really good for a court case, though. Right, yeah, it's really good for a court case and one that was only announced on the weekend because he was arrested on Saturday night. And there were probably night. 100 people uh, against this bill. I, I don't know. I mean, I certainly don't know the numbers, but it was probably 100 people who spoke against this bill today, or at least... Yeah, that's a lot. It, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it, there were a lot of people there, and I don't know how 100 many. people spoke against it or were there? Were there against it with okay. stickers and things like that, so stood against it, I should say. And... So I mean, there was that's great and everything. I just don't think I don't know. I just I just hate well, seeing these politicians in there, particularly with the political process. I think from the standpoint of the the legislators, they're more likely to listen to the people who come to speak against, say, a seatbelt law, if it's not the same people they've seen. I'm not saying they remember the mm-hmm. exact faces. But in some cases, some of the activists, because it's a very active pool of people here in New Hampshire, but there's only a few hundred people. So and, and many I them, guarantee you there are bureaucrats who recognize, hey, that guy was here to speak for the marijuana. Sure, thing. there are core activists that probably right. go to everything. And I think there it has more weight are. with them if they at least have the feeling that the numbers of people who care about their rights and freedoms is growing. And, you know, maybe there are more people out there voting that way. And those numbers I, are growing. They, they are growing. But I think it's important to show the bureaucrats that. I agree with you, and I think that there are some important things we should look at here to encourage people. I mean, Mark, you said that more people did turn out this time, and we do know that as of the 2008 elections, there are now four, I believe, actual free staters who have been elected to the state house, as compared to what number one. It was only one guy before 2008. Yeah, speaking of the one guy, uh, Joel Winters did speak in, um, you know, uh, you know, in, in opposition to this bill. So so that's good news. So, I mean, even in the political realm where uh, it's slow going, uh, they have had advancements in, in a positive direction. But we need more people, and that's, going to, that's really going to help create new groups and new uh, activity and new ideas and new brainstorming and new relationships and, and more socializing and people getting to know one another and bond together. And really, th- th- more people is going to solve this issue. And the reality is only a few hundred people have moved. It's early on in the Free State Project. I mean, they're just now about to cross the 9,000. Mark, if you want to be within the first 9,000 free staters, you can go to freestateproject.org, and I think they're at 8,997 members. Uh, so we need just more numbers, and I know more are coming. I think we're going to see the most movers in one year yet in 2009. A lot more are coming, and probably in 2010, a lot there's of them are younger no, folks no getting out of college. There's, there's constantly, um, you know, new heights being reached by the Free State Project. It's no doubt. It's just, you know, one guy who's been here. Two stinking years. Uh, nothing compared to some of these people who've been fighting this for a lot yeah. longer. You know, and I, I guess it's for me. I'm much more interested in my town, and and this is an intrusion by the state. And I have to drive an hour and a half or something yeah. to get there. Spend my whole day on it. I would much rather de- deal with the, my local town bureaucrats on things like this. And you know, and it just and it goes to show my disillusionment with Washington, where I don't believe that there's any ac- um, access. Mm-hmm. All I'd even bother doing is uh, downsize D.C. and sending them, you know, these these uh, dispatch things that I, I send off from if you know uh, from downsize D.C. Yeah, at least these folks, when you call them, you're talking to the actual representatives. You're not talking to some office staff or something like right. that. Right, and really today, accessible. And today I was I did talk to one of them, and uh, the lady, you know, essentially 
t- told me that I, you know, I don't care what you say. I don't care. You will obey my law. You will. You know, this little, little wicked witch. Yeah. This awful little woman trying to jam, jam her rules down people's throats. Yeah. That's the reality. All right, so uh, we could use your help, and hopefully you're already planning to come here. It would be nice if we could just flip on the mics, Mark, and then you know have uh, 20,000 people sign up, and next month everybody moves. That's what people think uh, radio's right. like, by the way. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> they really but... do think that, uh, yeah, those two guys on Freak Talk Live, they're going to take care of that Liberty thing for me. <laughs> Thank goodness for them. No, we're not. We can't. It's up to you, my friend. If you're listening to my voice and you think you care about freedom, do something about it. I don't know what you can do about it. You need to be a self-starter. My experience is if you're doing anything that's not inside the Free State Project, it's not worth doing. Wow, 800-259-9231. Anything you did was worth doing prior to getting involved in the Free State Project? Yeah, a little bit. Like a little what? Bit. And I helped myself learn how to be a little more oh, extroverted. You educated yourself? I was a little more extroverted, well, I'm and sorry. I reached out to people. Personal growth. Power 3 is coming up. I wasn't talking this about This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want as we launch here in hour number three of the program. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Going right into your phone calls. We'll start things out with Brian in Seattle. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. How's how hey. it going? What's, on? What's happening? I think if I had been in New Hampshire a year or two ago when, um, when this was up for vote, I think I would have voted for it, for the seatbelt law. Why? Why is that? I think my mindset, and I believe the mindset of many other people, uh, was it's a good idea to wear seatbelts. It's safe. So I think others should do that as well. Right. All good ideas must be forced on uh, everyone else at the threat of violence. That's right. And even to this day, I think it's a great idea to wear seatbelts. I believe everyone should do it. But I think now I, I realize I'm not going to help enforce or I'm, I'm not going to help force others to wear seatbelts. Right. If it's such a great idea, then persuade. Use tactics of persuasion. Use speech. Uh, use examples of the reality of what happens if you don't wear a seatbelt. And and c- convince people voluntarily to do what uh, what you think is right for them to do. But because people are so used to government and they've been told that government is a tool to to uh, to force people to behave in the way that they that uh, you think is best. They actually said the terms behavior modification today. Really? Yeah. Like some kind of science experiment. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, so people are perhaps just, they should put a little electrode up people's butts and zap them when they don't do things they like. It's coming. I mean, if they had the opportunity, I'm sure someone would would propose it. Uh, they so, certainly do a good job of um, scaring people into voting a certain way. There was a vote in Seattle a few years ago on a, a public smoking ban. No, no public buildings, no, uh, no bars. Also, mm. and I had voted for that actually. Oh. And I, I, right now, I just I feel so guilty about it. Yeah, you wish you could take it back. Yeah, I, I do. So well, the one thing to... that you can feel better about is it didn't win by one vote, man. It's true, Mark. It's yeah. true. 
voting really doesn't matter. No. You know, I mean, it's, it's like this, it's this weird conundrum, you know? It, well, why, why vote when voting doesn't matter, but if you don't go out and vote, you, you the, feel you like complain. you haven't done anything? In, in the aggregate, voting, I mean, I will say that voting does matter. It's a lot like... In some ways, it's a lot like an economy. If one person dies or drops out of the economy, it's not going to have much of an impact. But the aggregate effect of... Everybody dropping you know, dead? Yeah, everybody dropping dead or half of people dropping dead. It but, makes a big difference. But if you drop dead, it has nothing to do with anybody else dropping dead. Do you know what I mean? If I decide I'm never going to vote on anything ever again, what's it really going to change? How many things have won or lost by one vote? Right, but there is, I'm saying, in the aggregate, it makes a difference. Right, because if everybody if does, thousand, it does. If there are a thousand people like you who make that decision, then it makes a difference. Right. A thousand votes can swing an election. And, and I likely never will. I cannot, like, t- to me, I want my opinion heard so badly, I must vote. Like, I, I do the same thing. And the the fact that I went, uh, you know, it was that right was taken away from me uh, as a convicted felon in the state of Florida. Um, it's one of the few states that don't allow convicted felons to vote. Well, I, I like I want to even more. Well, Mark, you know I've wrestled with the issue over the past couple of elections, more so than the most recent election. I wrestled with it. I mean, I I don't see it as a legitimate means to any any end, of course. But I I'm like you. I mean, I feel like well, I mean, if I don't participate in it, even if all of a sudden the next election everybody that loved freedom just decided to stay home. Uh, it wouldn't change anything because all of the statists will be out there voting. They sure will. All the will. bureaucrats come out every single time, and their family members and their buddies come out and they vote in the elections. So there's no point in stopping it. Will ne- they will never stop their process. They will never stop what they are doing because everybody else doesn't want to play along anymore. Right. There could, we could be the middle of a revolution for freedom and liberty. People could be running down the street with AK-47s and hand grenades in their um, in, in their pockets in order to stop this this tyranny. And if there was election held, the bureaucrats would go out and vote because to them, that's legitimacy. To them, that's right. As though somehow the, the, the minority of people that go out and vote in a local election and the, the ones that are informed, I mean, many people just go and check Democrat or Republican on and up and down the list. Some people check. Well, I like the sound of that last name. Bicklewitz. I, I used to know somebody whose name was Horowitz, That's and I like strategy. Them. It's just nuts. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. I mean, people pick people based on just nothing. An R or a D behind their name as though uh, you know anything about how a local representative will vote based on the president um, uh, at some point that you happen to like, whichever one's Harry was your favorite. It's so nuts. Brian, how do you feel about I've all this? I've certainly done that before, Mark. Voted for someone with a D in front of their name. Yeah. When I turned 18 and I voted for the first time, oh, awesome, I I should vote, I need to vote, yep. here I go. Well, now, now, just out of curiosity, uh, many of the local positions will not have a... Uh, nonpartisan. Let, it'll be nonpartisan. Um, how did you generally, did you vote for those people, or what did you do? For the individuals who did not have a, a right. local in, party association? In the more local them? nonpartisan um elections what did you do there i, I actually don't recall you don't I, don't I remember don't. How that it even was occurred. so insignificant he well, doesn't it may, remember it may not have been on his ballot they may have um the, there may be partisans and down on and every position you never know but the idea that you would pick i mean <laughs> what's it make you think um when i say well i'd just pick all republicans i mean it's scary isn't it, it all is. those yeah, it all is. those people are you kidding me that you'd pick the worst of the worst republicans well i don't know any better i just like what republicans say better yeah. than what i like what democrats say <laughs> you know i mean it's it's just it's absolute abject stupidity and i've done it 
It's it's yeah. really ignorant behavior, and I've done it. And on the nonpartisan ones, I've just picked names I like. <laughs> I have. I mean, every, there's people listening right now that know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, I've done it, too. Just, I've never voted based on the name. Never. <laughs> I've never voted based on the So you've chosen name. not to vote because you didn't know yes, either name. Yes, I will skip. Right. I, I Unless gr- it's the same name on both sides. Slightly better. In the local races. Like the supervisor of the checklist or something was the same person for each They will party. do that, yeah. And I went... I guess yeah. I'll check the box because <laughs> as well. Way. I mean, this is how stupid voting is. So this, so then you go out and you you learn everything you can about your local officials so that you could be educated on the issues and talk to them and and make sure that you vote just right. And then some moron like me comes along and says, <laughs> "I like the name Mikowitz." <laughs> you know? Michael Last time I voted, it I did Mikowitz, my best though. to cover up the D and the R or whatever po- political party they were associated with and just read the statements, the little one or two paragraph statements that came next to the candidate's name. And Wait, you get statements? You get statements on your yeah. ballot? You know, it, Not on the ballot, but on a voter's pamphlet that was mailed separately. I, you know, I've, sometimes I've seen these um, things, these, these voter pamphlets, but I can tell you that there have been times that I haven't had any information. I didn't know what their favorite color was, man. And I'd vote for them. Uh, for whatever reason, I'd pick them. You know, it's not like I when I lived in Florida. It's not like I got the newspaper delivered to my house. I didn't know anything anything about this stuff. And I just went know, to vote because I was supposed to. Even if you know what it is they stand for, they're politicians. They lie. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm sure they paid someone to write their statements for them. Hey, Brian, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the discussion. Okay. Yep, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So a lot of people went and voted for Barack Obama, thinking he was going to institute change, and all the evidence points to the fact that he's just another one of the good old boys in D.C. and uh, it's, he's just the next Bush. It really, it really looks that way. Yeah. I mean, the, this, I, I love the <laughs> fact that uh, you know, within three days, he's killing uh, Pakistanis. Just boom, mm. bam. That's Let's uh, kill him around, folks. I hate him. <laughs> Man, God, did you sick. have too many sodas tonight, Mark? I'm so upset with uh, with having gone to the, uh, uh, the, the Concord. Why are you upset? Now, you're the one who's always advocating for political uh, solutions here, man. You should be excited about the, uh, the Concord thing. You should be excited about being able to take part in your political system. These are your representatives. This is your system, Mark. You wanted this system. No, no I didn't. Well, you participate in it, so you must want it. What difference is participating in it? I, what I'm doing is I'm going out and fighting for people that aren't willing to go. Yeah. People that would rather lounge around in bed and uh, with their girlfriends like than, <laughs> than, go, than go in there. And I, so, you know, I'm going in there and fighting for those people. As far as I'm concerned, it's an act of uh, martyrdom yeah. uh, to some extent. Uh, heroism. I'm, I'm stepping in for people that won't step in for themselves. That's good. I've been to the State House before, and I'll probably go back again just because I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. It's, it's, it's hard to avoid. And I do like putting on a little show from time to time, so I'll go in as the organizer or the uh, the man who speaks for National Organized Crime or New Hampshire Organized Crime. That's fun stuff. All right, so 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want, and you can talk about anything on this show. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. 
SACL-CAI.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL-CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL-CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL-CAI. As we continue with your phone calls, we'll go to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? Super. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I got laid off my job uh, about a month ago. Yeah, I didn't even see it coming. Did you get a severance package? No. No, they just, I got my last two weeks pay and... Damn. It was bye-bye. I got, I got, uh, I got booted because I was the highest paid in my department. That's what happens. They bring some num- uh, some new young guy in, do the same job, uh, maybe not, not quite as well as you, but for a lot less. Well, no, they're just trying to get the, the guys that I was in charge of to learn what I was doing. I see. I don't know if they're going to be able to or not. I've been keeping in touch with them, but hmm. whatever. Uh, anyway, so I applied for my unemployment benefits from the state. You've been paying in, right? Yep. Yeah, I've been working for 13 years at the same job, almost 14. So uh, I get maybe three-fifths of my pay, something like that. Anyway, the uh, the state sends me this little um, debit card hmm. uh, from the Illinois National Bank or some bank like that uh, called Secure Choice, and they just make the deposit to that account every week. Got it. And that little CCV number on the back, mm-hmm. and this is for all you conspiracy theorists, a little three-digit code on my card, 666. <laughs> uh, for evidence that the state is actually Satan. <laughs> That's well, what that is. It's an interesting speculation. Okay. Now, uh, also today, I saw that uh, the new Commerce ser- uh, Secretary is... Uh, Judd Gregg, and I don't know anything about him. He's your guy's a senator. I thought maybe you guys. Might. Is he still uh, a senator, or well, did he get booted out? What well, no, he's he's he was still a senator, but he's moving over to Commerce Secretary. I see. Um, now, th- I actually just saw a story on Drudge about that, about how apparently he voted to disband the entire department that he's now going to be in charge of. So, talk about just another two-faced politician. Well, I mean. I don't know if you're a small government guy and you get well, tapped to run a particular department that you don't like. Maybe you figure you can try to downsize it, cut costs, something right. like I that. Right. I mean, you know, I might be, <laughs> I might vote to disband the uh, the, the the public works, uh, the parks department here in Keene, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. However, if somebody decided to tap me on the shoulder in order to take care of it, I probably would, in the hopes that I could cut down a great deal on the spending that the parks they do. Tell me, tell you what, you keep an eye on old Judd Gregg and let us know how much he slashes and burns there. I, I don't role. know that he'll have the opportunity, he but uh, yeah, exactly. I, agree, I agree that politicians are not the uh, the greatest one. I think I think Judge Gre- Judd Gregg is uh, significantly better than than most, but you know it's not saying much. Yeah, I mean his rankings. I think the Republican Liberty Caucus would rank him. I don't know where they rank him. I don't think he ranked as high as Sununu um, in his favor. Nobody so, did. Yeah, so he was pretty much uh, Sununu was the other senator from the state. So um, you know, probably just a pretty typical Republican. So what were you bringing that up for, Matt? You're just curious about him? I was curious as to whether you thought maybe he would uh, actually uh, try to make government smaller in that department or not. Uh, I doubt it. He'll probably be be better than 
a lot of other Republican or Democratic senators that could have gotten the job, but I doubt he'll actually be able to do much. I mean, a lot of the spending is appropriated by Congress. So if Congress decides to appropriate spending for the Department of Commerce, there's not a whole lot he can do about it. I mean, that's his budget, and I think he's expected to spend whatever Congress hands him. So his hands are pretty much tied, I think, once he takes that position. Yeah, and, and Matt, you know, even if you or I were put in charge of you pick your government department and we decided, you know what, I really can't do much about the budget, but I can make this place more efficient. The fact is we really couldn't um, because nope. bureaucracies are bureaucratic and it really doesn't, you know, like maybe a guy, a dynamic guy at the top can make some difference. You go you get but in there. You can't make a whole bunch of difference. Go ahead, get in there and try to eliminate one job and watch what happens. Well, that I bureaucrat was will come. Try to. Hmm? I was actually going to try to get the job of uh, uh, managing the the water uh, over there in Keene. I, I saw that they were looking for somebody to manage the water. And yeah, that's what I was like, actually going to ask you, man. I mean, now that you've uh, been laid off, seems like a perfect opportunity to consider a move. Yeah, I am, and I'm I'm coming up to the. Uh, uh, Liberty Forum in March. Cool. I've already I made uh, my I got my hotel reservations today. Great. And I bought I bought my uh, ticket before I got laid off. At freestateproject.org/libertyforum. We look forward to seeing you. Were you talking about like the city water? Yeah, the city water department was looking for uh, some kind of management position. I've been in a management position for about five years, and it's with a water company. If you don't take My a nap in the truck every water. day, you'll you'll be doing better than the guys around here, because I, <laughs> I, I used to see the guys by the wells, and they would they would take a nap, or they'd pull in in the <laughs> middle of the day and pull back out at about 2 o'clock, but they weren't, you couldn't actually see them working. They just sat in their trucks. So. You know, the city water bureaucracy is one of the better ones. Uh, on, the, on the scale of bureaucracies, at least they're voluntarily funded to some extent. At least you're actually well, paying for... Fee-oriented. But you're paying for... You're directly paying for a product instead of having this you know, large but no, property tax But you're tax not. Thing. They, have, they have a monopoly, and if you try to uh, get their product or service elsewhere, they will come down on you like a... Um, like, uh, like, God, like thunder from God, an angry guy. All right, I didn't say they were great. I just said they were the best, one of the better bureaucracies. They're fee-based, and that's good. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can, you can shut the water off. But you cannot have water. However, I can't put a pump in. and running in, water. Many, many municipalities, uh, right, you can't have running water. Many municipalities will have outlawed wells. I can't dig down on my own property and get water. Good luck with your quest, Matt, and we'll see you in New Hampshire. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Don in Pennsylvania. Don, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Hey, guys. How hey, you Don. doing? Super. What's I, on your mind? I was just uh, well, I was trying to tell the guy who answered the phone there, but uh, if you want to turn on CNBC, you'll find out that they're doing a thing here on marijuana and, and uh, how bad it is for you. Really? They're doing it right now. What kind of? Well, we, we I don't have television. Yeah, we can't well, I'm just saying maybe you can call home and say record it or something. But yeah, I've seen plenty of marijuana specials. I mean, I I, I know a lot about marijuana, and I don't what, really. What think are they? That's what CNBC. are they saying? Um, is oh, they're, they're about just it. they're just saying that uh, how many uh, houses out there in California get burnt uh, because of this one little city out there? Everyone's growing weed, and and uh, you know they're they're having like uh, weed fights out there, and and uh, they're just. Not making it sound good, if you know what I mean. 
Well, it's, well, the black market isn't a really nice place. Uh, people do really fight over territory, and even in the marijuana trade, which is one of the nicer trades in the black market, uh, it's not. It's still it's still pretty dangerous, especially at the upper echelons. If you're a grower, if you're a big scale grower, or a big scale dealer, you are at serious risk at all times. Thank you for the call. Always appreciate hearing from you, Don. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, good and bad marijuana related programming out there. Some honest and some not so much. More on the way. You can bring up anything, and this is your show. It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI is 800-259-9231. You can call that and talk about anything. That's the point of the show. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, including updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, you'll know it first. On the updates list. If you go to updates.freetalklive.com, you can get signed up for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. In fact, uh, sent out an update a few days ago. We're doing another auction. So if you want to get the fourth banner on the Free Talk Live website for an entire month, advertise virtually anything you want. Place your bid over at auction.freetalklive.com. It's a good position. Um, you know, it's not yeah. going to be too expensive. Like the the, the top, third banner the t- went for seventy six bucks. Yeah, the top ones. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a it's a good place to get uh, people. It's going to get clicks on your website. Free sure Talk will. Live delivers clicks on your website. You can believe that. I'm not, I don't it think depends little, on your product. Though. I don't I mean, think you, a little flashing banner is necessarily going to sell your product for you. That's your job. But it'll get people to go to the website that you want them to. It's your job to sell the product. Ours is to just give you the clicks. All right, so go and place your bid on that at auction.freetalklive.com. And if you want more great liberty-oriented audio and video content, visit Nick over at freemindstv.com. Uh, you do both the TV show and a radio program. The radio show is available live if you listen to the Free Talk Live stream or the Liberty Radio Network stream or the Genesis Communications Network. You guys are all over the place. Or four or five radio stations around the country, you can hear free uh, free. Minds Radio, and you can go to freemindsradio.com to get more on them. Subscribe to the podcast, and uh, don't forget to watch Free Minds TV, too, which, by the way, you guys are going through some exciting changes uh, behind the scenes at Free Minds TV. I don't know if we can uh, reveal what's uh, what's coming well, soon. There's but... um, there's a, a lot of things they're getting worked on. The biggest thing that people viewing the show will probably notice is trying to increase overall production values, which involves a new set, and just standardizing the setup so there's consistency from show to show. Because, you know, currently we have a volunteer crew, they're great, and it's public access, but there's a little bit of inconsistency there. So we're trying just to up the production value of the show. So people can go to freemindstv.com and help out with that, because it is going to take some money to... You guys have a contribution thing now, Yeah, we have a chip and bar up on the website. How's that going? Um... It's the the chip and bar itself. I think we had forty five dollars last time I checked, which was yesterday or the day before. Um, but we did have a generous donation from somebody else that didn't go through the chip and bar. So currently we've raised 
just about $300. Cool. Um, and originally our goal had been $300. Now that we've sat down and completely thought through the set design, <laughs> we're thinking maybe more like six. I've heard the, I've heard the set design. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network was uh, telling me about it this He's weekend. He's helping us out with that. It sounds like it's going to be really spiffy. So it's gonna, I think it's really going to set you guys apart from a lot of the other public access shows, which is essentially what Free Minds TV is. I mean, you guys are you're breaking even, I think, on the operation at this point. Uh, so you're not at least you're not pouring your mo- your own money into on the, it. On the TV side, that's really the the object. It would be nice to make money, but um, fr- from the TV show, it's it's essentially a break even operation. Maybe make a little money from sponsorships once the you know the production values are up and the shows out there to more places. And we are trying to get the distribution far and wide as we can um, because shows like Democracy Now you can get on a couple hundred stations mm-hmm. out there as a public access TV show and you're you are reaching. A, pr- a pretty decent sized audience, considering the amount of money it takes to do the show. It, it doesn't take much compared to big network shows. Absolutely, and in fact, you guys are, I think, working on getting a, a new delivery method for the cable operators that it's, are picking you up. As I understand, it's functioning now. Previously, we had to, one of our biggest costs was sending out DVDs. Right. Um, and just as a note to anybody who's thinking about starting a TV show or anything like that that they want to distribute, it's it's a lot cheaper to do it through digital distribution, which is easier to do now than when the show had started a couple years ago. And less time-consuming as well. You don't have to spend that time burning all those DVDs and shipping them out. It's time and money. The postage was a a buck a DVD plus the cost of the DVD plus the time to burn it. Plus it gets to the the end user faster because you're not required. It's not, you you don't have the several days it might take the post office to get it there. You upload it to your FTP site, have the TV station download it. They can have it the next day. And on the air, so very cool. Hey, did you guys talk about Mike Barsky? He's one of your crew members. I know you guys shoot your show on on Tuesday. Obviously, he's he was there every single week helping you guys out behind the scenes. And and this week, he's in jail. Yeah, we actually interviewed um, Charlie, who was one of the activists who showed oh, wow. up at the trial. Um, that went on the members section. Okay. So if you want to check that out, we didn't mention it very much on the on the public side. We might next week once we have some more information on it. Um, but we interviewed Charlie about his experiences going through that. Okay, cool. Because he, he had his own run-in with the police. Yes, he did. We talked extensively about it. Uh, they hurt him yesterday, and they're a bunch of big bullies. And it was awful what they did to that poor guy. Uh, but he was amazing in how he handled himself yesterday in court. And you can listen to yesterday's Free Talk Live if you want to hear more about what went down uh, here in Milford, New Hampshire, with some civil disobedience and some some really great activism here. Uh, but yeah, so freemindstv.com for more of Nick and Toby, who isn't on too often on Free Talk Live, but now and then you'll hear him. All right, so 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. And I mentioned we had a regulation story. Mark, no, you're raising your hand. Go, go ahead with the regulation. Well, I mentioned this earlier, and it's been sitting in my prep for a little while, and it's about the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act, which is what they're calling the piece of legislation that's going to drive probably hundreds of business owners out of business. The story is from DCExaminer.com, where thousands of self-employed businessmen, artists, and boutique owners who make, a, uh, who make or deal in handcrafted children's toys, clothes, or furniture could be out of work next month. A 2008 federal law with the salutary-sounding name of Consumer Products Safety Improvement Act could drive these craftsmen out of business. Big toy makers who helped write the bill are ready for the regulations that will go into effect February 10th, while smaller toy makers are likely to suffer. It's another example of how Washington, when it regulates an industry, often helps the biggest businesses in that industry while crushing the little guys. Yep. 
The Toy Story begins in the summer of 2007 when toy-making Goliath Mattel was thrice forced to recall products made in China after discovering dangerous levels of lead. That fall, as Congress took up the bill reauthorizing the Consumer Product Safety Commission, consumer groups pushed for stricter safety standards on toys and other children's products. In September of 2007, a senator from Arkansas... Mark Pryor introduced a bill in response to the lead in toys scare. That bill became law in August 2008, making it illegal to sell children's products, that is, toys, furniture, clothes, etc., that have not undergone third-party testing for hazardous materials. Indeed, uh, the bill had also declared that any children's product was a banned hazardous substance if any portion of it had a lead content greater than 600 parts per million. Also, all manufacturers of children's products, big or small, are required by the law to create registries of every product they sell and put unique tracking numbers or marks on each product. Mm. This is, uh, again, this is... That's real easy when you're doing handcrafted wood toys... The, uh, again, this, this bill's so large, we haven't managed to cover all of the aspects of it. There's more here. This third-party testing portion of the bill goes into effect February 10th, which has small toy makers up in arms. The Handmade Toy Alliance is one of the many groups mobilizing to keep the CPSC from destroying artisan toy making. Large manufacturers who mass-produce toys or children's furniture will face some added costs from the bill, but these are costs they can bear, especially because the costs will be industry-wide, thus passed on to consumers. So, just to give you an example of what they're saying here, if, Mark, you uh, you and Laura decide that you want to start your own home-based business of creating little toy blocks or something like that for mm-hmm. little babies, and, you know, cut, you've got a lot of trees on your property, so you're cutting down trees and carving out the, the toys yourself in your spare time, then if you wanted to market those products to children under the age of 12, you would have to have them tested for lead and a couple of other things as well. And it would cost you probably a few thousand dollars to test that toy model for lead. For that model. For that model. Right. So and if I'm making trains, I don't know, do I have to test the, the, the caboose, the, the coal car, the, the, the engine itself? I, I don't know The about passenger that. car. I mean, God, it's crazy. It, well, but, but my point here is if you're going to sell 10 toys a year, you've had to spend a thousand or two thousand or three thousand dollars just to be able to sell those ten or twenty toys per year. I should recoup it when I'm a hundred and eighty-seven. Whereas Mattel, if they come out with a new toy block set, they test that one set for three thousand dollars, and then they can sell a hundred thousand in the not to mention the fact that uh, they can um, they can use a certain amount of uh, you know quantity of scale or uh, economy of scale to muscle the lead testing companies into giving them better deals whereas i'm just trying to get my train set uh, through they're they're not going to give me any kind of deal there's a little more on this story here and we'll take your calls as well even in these remaining moments at 800-259-9231 but this is what regulation does it entrenches the existing business owners the big boys at the cost of the little guys, the moms and the pops, and the smaller operations. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you make it right now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote the show. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and get a whole list of things that you can do. Most of them are completely free to help get the show into more ears and help new people discover the ideas of freedom. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. 
As we continue the story here from DCExaminer.com, just kind of giving a general overview of how awful this Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act is going to be for smaller toy manufacturers. Uh, Essentially, it's going to be putting a lot of people out of business. It's going to mandate that all products marketed to children under the age of 12 have to go through very rigorous testing for lead as well as some of the, I think thalmates is what else uh, they're looking for. Rigorous means expensive. Yeah, expensive to the point where it's going to put the uh, the smaller businesses out of business. Right. So if you make um if you make dolls out of organic wool or uh toys out of unpainted pine, there's no reason at all for you to go through this kind of testing. However, you're going to have to and it's going to cost at least a few thousand dollars per model of toy. Now, I don't know how they decide what a model of toy is in uh, these particular things. Um, I mean, if you're making wood toys, is it just the wood ones? <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know. No, but it's each way, individual model, I would guess. When you're talking about people that do this stuff for just a little bit of money to make very special toys for because they love doing it you because know? they love doing yeah. it and making it for people and 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 people want to buy it just just a little sort of cottage industry you're destroying that yep. do you really want to destroy that in america they do they do want to what but, it might actually serve to do is drive it underground as silly as it sounds yeah. the idea sounds of having black, black market, market toys. toys if you want a wooden train set the handmade artisan <laughs> toy you know, I can see people doing it and not going through the testing, and sure. I can see people still wanting those kinds of artisan toys for their kids. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's like raw milk in a lot of places is it's illegal, an interesting point. I know people in those well, states are does, still getting raw milk. They, they do, but what it, it sort of drives down the size of the operation that you can grow to. If I'm making oh, yeah. wool and wood toys for children because I love doing it, maybe I'm going to add somebody and add somebody and add somebody and grow my business in a legitimate fashion, pay a few taxes along the way, make a lot of happy children and a lot more happy, crazy, hippie adults out there that don't shave their armpits. I'm going to have that. And... It, you know why would why why do they want to destroy that? Well, because the big toy companies don't like the competition. Exactly, they know they at one point grew from a little toy company, and they don't want that competition in seventy-five years or fifty years or thirty years or whatever it's well, going to take. Well, and the big toy companies have the strength that it takes as far as lobbying power to make sure that these things can uh, can happen and and put these folks out of business. And the, the article continues at dcexaminer.com, where a stay-at-home mom who sews children's dolls on the side or a small woodworker who sells a few child-sized chairs each year will find these regulations much more burdensome, if not impossible, to deal with. The CPSC staff has proposed a rule that would exempt from the testing requirements products made solely of unadulterated, unpainted, unfinished, and untreated wood, natural fibers, gemstones, and other natural materials. This rule, if approved, won't be finalized for months, while the testing requirement becomes effective in two weeks. Is this disproportionate impact on the smaller businesses an unintended consequence, as many now say? When you look at the lobbying records, it doesn't look that way. Mattel, whose leaded toys kicked off this whole scare, beefed up its lobbying effort when the legislation appeared. The company's lobbying budget, which had been steady at $120,000 per year from 2002 to 2006, all of a sudden jumped up to $540,000 in 2007, Mm. then $650,000 in 2008, a 442% increase from two years earlier. 
In late August of 2007, Mattel, the largest toy maker in the world, hired a new lobbying firm to lobby on the bill. And one of the lobbyists on this issue was Sheila Murphy, recently the exec or the legislative director for a Democratic member of the Commerce Committee's Consumer Affairs Subcommittee. She became a co-sponsor of the bill in late September of 2007. So all kinds of... Uh, Inside the system, back-scratching and buddies passing each other favors, and this is how politics works. Yeah, this is it. Because, I mean, you know, the organic the organic wool toy manufacturing uh, lobbying unit, not real big. Hasbro, the world's number two toy maker, had never had a Washington lobbyist, according to federal lobbying filings before October of 2007, when the company decided to hire the Duberstein Group, headed by Ken Duberstein, who happens to be the former White House chief of staff under Ronald Reagan. Since then, Hasbro has spent $500,000 on lobbying. But these industry giants weren't resisting regulation. They were embracing it. Carter Keithley, president of the Toy Industry Association, of whom Mattel is the biggest member, told this columnist that, quote, we were early proponents of adopting mandatory laws to require toy testing. Right. And, you know, and they, they can take a position where we're trying to help you. We're doing the right thing. These we darn Chinese people. <laughs> but, however, you can't spend $500,000 in advertising out there and put this much of your competition, you know, in the graveyard. So you can spend $500,000 in um, In in lobbying and do it. The regulations give the big toy makers a federal stamp of approval, and they make it harder for upstarts to challenge the big guys or even survive. Without the regulation, parents might put more trust in a local independent toy maker that they know. After the regulation goes into effect, that toy maker is out of work. Regulation proponents usually say anti-regulation types are the shills for big business. Washington's Toy Story makes that claim look even more like make-believe. And they're absolutely spot on. And this applies, this, this, this concept applies across the board. This is not just happening in the toy industry. Every regulation that is proposed is generally supported, whether they admit it or not, by the industry, uh, the longtime industry guys that have been in business sure. and are established. If they go in there and they support it and they, they get behind it, they can twist it just a little bit in order to make it you know, that much better for themselves. They know the, the score. They know what they have to do. So, of course, they can put – they can. it's a double strike for, um, for them. It's a double, uh, you know, a double whammy for them. They can – bend it to their will, and they can knock out some of their competition in the process. Let's go to your phone calls. You bring up what you want. Tom, listening to WVTS in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's on your mind tonight? Hey, I wanted to talk about the uh, radio a little bit. I love radio. Tell me about it. Um, Well, I've been listening quite a while uh, to you guys. I like you guys. In fact, this is the first time I've ever been on the radio. Well, congratulations. And, And I got right through. Yeah, it, it's amazing how fast you can do it, huh? That's pretty sweet. I tried calling some other ones. They were pretty much uh, what we'd call punks <laughs> in, <laughs> my, in my neck of the woods. They didn't think my topic was uh, highfalutin. That's enough. the reality in talk radio. Uh, they they have some very heavy call screening, but our show, is we pride ourselves on having virtually no, uh, virtually no call screening. So uh, go ahead with your thoughts tonight. Amen, brother. Uh, well, O'Reilly... Is, uh, I think he's gone. Yeah, at the end of this month, I think he's got a couple more, two or three more weeks left, and then he's done for. Oh, well, he's gone here now. Oh, good. Good to know. And they replaced him with uh, Laura Ingram. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to hear that. All right. <laughs> well, She's better I looking kinda, than Bill O'Reilly, but that's about it. Yeah, on the radio, kinda, that doesn't matter I much. I kind of like him. 
I, I like a lot of radio. Okay. Uh-huh. Or conservative, uh, crazy conservatives. Yes, sir. Um, but anyway, that's done something to the uh, programming. If Laura Ingram, which was on at 8 o'clock my time, Eastern, Central, mm-hmm. uh, and then the 8 o'clock, so I don't know, it uh, it changed everything around. Now, Hannity is on for the whole three hours instead of two, and then if I get you guys for another hour, instead of just one, it would tickle me to death. Well, here's so, what you should do. Uh, give the give the station a call and talk to Dave Evans. He's the program director there. You're, you're listening to WVTS down there in West Virginia. And call him. Tell him you like Free Talk Live. Uh, I spoke with him in the last couple weeks, and I know we're talk, we're, uh, we were discussing possibly expanding the weeknight coverage of the show. So it's, it's his choice. It's his decision. He likes Free Talk Live, and I'm sure he wants to do it, but he probably has a few guys above him that he's got to convince. And if he can say to his bosses that, hey, he's here in from the listeners, and the listeners want more free talk live. It it could make it happen. So uh, so tomorrow, pick up the phone, call the station, talk to Dave, and uh, see how that goes. Dave, what? Dave Evans, the program director of the station. Okay, Dave Evans. All right. Um. All right. Well, now, uh, let me get you guys' time right. Uh, you're on Eastern time from eight o'clock to eleven o'clock. Uh, no, negative. Uh, seven to seven, ten o'clock. Seven to ten Eastern time. Standard. And Dave knows all that stuff, so we don't need to hash all that out here on the show. But uh, give him a call and say hi, and thank you for the call tonight. We really appreciate it. And that applies to everybody that's listening, uh, whether you're listening to a radio station and they're not carrying all 18 hours of this show all week long. Call them, tell them thanks for carrying what they do pick up, and then ask them nicely to carry more Free Talk Live. And, of course, most of you are probably listening uh, not on the radio. Many of you are listening on the Internet, and if you don't get us locally on the radio... Call your local talk stations and tell them that you would really appreciate hearing some free talk live, even if it's just a few hours on a Saturday night. Some is better than none. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.